but not everything you have read or heard is true. And so one truth that we know for sure is that normal judicious use of essential oils on kids is safe. This episode is brought to you by the brand new ebook, Diffusing for Beginners. I created this ebook because there's so much confusion around aromatherapy and diffusing and so much discussion and so much debating about what is safe. This ebook breaks down the mechanism of smell, the real dangers in your home from synthetic scents, and explains how aromatherapy can actually transform your home and space into a clean and natural haven. Discover the safety considerations around certain conditions like epilepsy, asthma, children, how to diffuse around pets, and more. Experiment with 48 different all-season diffuser blends. Diffusing for Beginners is available now on Kindle. I am Cheryl Witten, and this is The Aromatherapist, where we discover the superpower of plants. Essential oils have been used on adults and children for millennia. Before we had modern medicine, we were using plants, herbs, essential oils to maintain the health of ourselves and our children. So today I want to talk about seven essential oils that I regularly use in my clinic for children and the reasons why we use them as well as in my house. And these are great additions to start your personal stock, your personal remedy cabinet. And we're also going to talk about some of the things that we regularly read on the good old internet about essential oils in children and why those things aren't true. The internet has some crazy recommendations and crazy information. It's very hard to know what is correct. And so I'm going to help you work through that information. So the very first essential oil that we recommend is lavender. Always lavender. Because lavender essential oil has many different constituents that give it many different actions. And so it is a gentle essential oil that is great to use for kids. When we talk about using essential oils with kids, we really want to talk about some of the most gentle essential oils that we can use. Those are going to be your first choice, especially when we talk about using them with younger kids. So there was some research done with babies in baths and they bathed some babies in lavender with carrier oil and lavender in the bath, and they had mothers bathe another group of babies with just the carrier oil in the bath. And what they found was that the babies that had the carrier oil and the lavender in the bath cried less, had lower cortisol, and slept more. And they also found that the mothers also had lower cortisol, and they slept more as well and were more calm. So we already know this about lavender, that just smelling and inhaling lavender essential oil reduces salivary cortisol. And so lavender is a fantastic essential oil to have around for calming mom, for calming the baby, for promoting sleep and relaxation and calm. And when we incorporate massage with lavender and carrier oil, this is a great method for calming a baby. Sometimes just allowing the baby to smell. Lavender will also help them to calm and relax and help with sleep. Lavender just has so many different applications, but one of the main things that we really use it for as well, besides the stress response, besides the sleep and the, the emotions, is for the skin. And because of some of the esters in lavender, it gives it a really great application for the skin. And one of the main things that we have used it for in my clinic 
is for molluscum. We used it along with tea tree and coconut oil. And this, there are studies out there that you can go look at anytime I talk about applications here on this podcast. It's going to be from research that is widely available to you. You just have to go to a peer-reviewed place and find the information yourself. So this is an, a skin condition that we see lots in the clinic. If your kids have ever had molluscum, you know that molluscum is sort of this annoying skin irritation. It's it's in the it's a viral infection in the wart family, and your doctor will tell you that they can prescribe you skin creams, but they're unlikely to really do anything or to really help. A lot of them are expensive, and the recommendation is that you just leave it alone. It'll go away on its own. Make sure not you're showering your kids, not bathing them. Make sure they're not scratching them because when they scratch and then touch somewhere else, it spreads and just go out in the sunlight and that will get rid of it. And some of these families have had molluscum for years. We're talking like four or five years. They've had this and it just doesn't go away. They come and see me. We do lavender, tea tree, and coconut oil. Two weeks, it's gone. These essential oils, along with coconut oil, which is has many microbial actions, they are very effective for skin irritation. I don't know about you, but My kids seem to just get every skin thing possible and you kind of wonder, okay, what's next, right? And so just a good basic essential oil to have on hand for these everyday sort of common things that kids deal with. The next one that we always have on hand is Roman chamomile. And Roman chamomile is a very gentle essential oil, so it's fantastic for kids. It's very calming to the nervous system. So this is going to be helpful for sleep. We're going to see this used a lot for energy, excitability, agitation, aggression, and anxiety as well. So difficulty sleeping. These are going to end difficulty with mood and anxiousness. This is going to be a great essential oil to have in your arsenal. We use it often for these big feelings, these big emotions that kids don't know what to do with and anxiety. And especially as they get older and they get into school, we use Rome chamomile a lot for this as well. It also is great application for skin conditions. So eczema, wounds, rashes, just minor skin irritations. We use Roman chamomile as well as German chamomile for kids. And it's gentle essential oil, so great option for young kids especially. If your child is allergic to ragweed, they may be allergic to chamomile essential oils simply because they're in the same family. However, true allergies are rare with essential oils. We do have a podcast on allergies and allergenic reactions, just one of the first few podcasts on the show. So go check that out and that will explain a little bit more about allergies. Interestingly enough, however, we do often use Roman chamomile to actually control allergy symptoms. Another effective essential oil is tea tree essential oil. Now, research indicates that This essential oil is an immune stimulant. So it will actually stimulate the production of white blood cells. And so we use this mostly over the spleen. It also has antifungal, antibacterial applications. So it's especially effective for skin irritations, acne, warts, and fungal infections in the feet, for example, and just general skin irritations like molluscum. It also has application for coughs and colds, and this is because of that white blood cell stimulation that happens. So some people say that you shouldn't use tea tree on kids, but I disagree. 
I find it to be an excellent alternative to some of the more powerful and irritating essential oils that we use for microbes. So things like thyme, oregano, clove, cinnamon, cassia, those types of essential oils that are very powerful against germs, they're really often too irritating for kids. Even when they're diluted, they can be still irritating for children's skin. And so I lean towards tea tree, especially when we combine it with lemon, because a lemon is also an helps the immune system as well. And so when we combine those two, that's a great alternative and much more gentle alternative to some of these more irritating essential oils. You do want to make sure you are diluting tea tree. And if you're using oxidized tea tree, it's probably going to irritate the skin more. So don't use oxidized essential oil. Make sure you use up your essential oil. Don't leave it out over time. Exposure to air, heat, and light will change the chemical structure of it which will make it irritating the skin. So just make sure you're using up your essential oil. Lemon is another basic. And we use lemon for coughs and colds most of the time. You will find lemon in and many over-the-counter cough and cold preparations. It's just widely used. So honey and lemon is a great recommendation that many healthcare services actually recommend for kids, especially over the age of one with honey. It's also been traditionally used for digestive systems, so colic and acid reflux, for example, in digestion because uh, lemon is alkalizing and cleansing. It's great application for the skin as well. It will help with germs and have some microbial action as well. So we use it often for acne or irritations, some of those more bacterial type skin irritations. The thing with applying it to the skin with lemon is you have to be careful if you're using cold express lemon from the peel that it is photosensitive. So this will cause, increase the risk of sunburn in UV light. So you need to wait 12 hours after applying before going out in the sun or into UV light, including tanning beds. Now, hopefully you're not putting your kids in the tanning bed, but we just have to put it out there. So cypress and sweet marjoram are two that we often use as well. And neither of those have any contraindications. So it makes it a great option for kids as well. Cypress is very effective for pain relief. So we like to use that for the sore muscles and the leg aches and the shoulder aches and the whatever else kinds of aches. We use it for circulation and inflammation, bruising, pain as well. And marjoram we really use for the same thing as well as muscles. Um, muscle relaxation, as well as some stress and helping with sleep as well. So those are some of the basics, a good, really great starting guide, what to have in your arsenal for your kids. Now, if you've ever read the internet and you've ever Google searched essential oils for kids, you have probably read some of the craziest stories out there. Something I noticed about modern parents is that we're very afraid of plants. Maybe it's an indoctrination we've had that we're taught to trust synthesized medicine, medicine that a scientist in a lab creates versus a natural remedy that comes from nature. Nature. We're taught to distrust nature. We're taught to see these natural remedies and this ancient wisdom as something that's sort of an old wives tale as something that has no value in science as something that's sort of eh, it might work but not really we're really taught to mistrust it there's something wrong with that for me it don't and don't hear me wrong here 
medicine is valuable and essential oils are not a replacement for medical care. You need to seek medical care for your children. Hear me very clearly. But for everyday conditions that we don't necessarily need to be taking intense medications, why are we so afraid of a plant? It's something that boggles my mind a little bit. And I think it has to do with sort of how we're taught and the indoctrination we have in this Western society. And also because of the internet. There's so much information out there and we can access information at just the tap of our fingers. We can, we can Google our symptoms and Google our kids' symptoms and discover that our children, you know, apparently have some fatal disease. I mean, it's not true. You're Googling your symptoms instead of speaking to a professional. But we can find all this information. And so we can look up what essential oils to use for kids and find all of these stories on the dangers of essential oils for kids. And we can find all of these clickbait, first-person account of essential oils being dangerous and causing injury and causing death in children and on and on and on and on and on it goes. And we can find all of these conflicting reports on how much essential oil should be used for kids and what age essential oil should be used and what is safe and what essential oils cause a seizure. Most of the information is misreported. And it's usually well-intentioned people, but many of them aren't trained. And some of them come from peer-reviewed studies, except it's not the whole story. It's a one-sided story meant to drum up traffic to the website. I mean, that's the whole purpose behind the internet. Everyone's trying to get more views and more traffic and do SEO best practices and blah, 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 blah. So what is happening is parents are terrified of essential oils. It's a plant and we're terrified of them because of the information we're finding on the internet. And so that is why people like me exist, to help you figure out that that doesn't make any sense. So there's a couple of really specific things I want to speak to you about and counteract some of the information that's out there. The first thing is about poisoning and toxicity. So of course, when we talk about using essential oils with kids, our first thought is about toxicity. And this is because children are smaller. They have smaller systems. If you give them too much, they're going to be overloaded. Their system's going to be overloaded. Now there's reports out there that essential oil poisonings are soaring in the last few years. I mean, this is doubtful. The reports say that your children are more likely to be poisoned by cleaning products, cosmetics, and analgesics than they are by essential oils. You're more likely to be poisoned by those things than you are by essential oils. So when you see reports about things soaring, you know, these sorts of inflammatory words, that should be a clue for you. Okay, I need to look at that and research that a little bit more because that sounds suspicious. Is it true? The other thing we have to think about here when we're talking about toxicity is dose. We read these reports and we find out that a parent has given their child 30 milliliters or a couple of teaspoons of essential oil at one time. Let's talk about this for a moment because this is key. Essential oil bottles typically come in 5 milliliters or 15 milliliter bottles. In a 15 milliliter bottle, we have about 280 drops roughly. The recommended amount for a child is going to be one drop, two drop, three drops at a time. That I mean, that's the adult recommendation as well. With a child, you're going to include more carrier oil. 
Now, if you have 280 drops in a 15 milliliter bottle, and these children are being given 30 milliliters of an essential oil, they're giving a child 560 drops of an essential oil, roughly. The recommended amount is one drop. So if a child is receiving 560 drops of an essential oil, they absolutely are going to have a problem. And so when you read the report, look at the dose. That is not a relevant way of using essential oils. We do not use essential oils in that way. And if you are doing that, especially with a child, please stop. It is not a safe use of essential oil. When we look at toxicity as well, we have to look at dilution because dilution slows down the absorption of essential oil. And dilution also protects the skin. And so this is the next way that we thing that we want to talk about here. When you look at recommended dilution, some say, you know, you need to have teaspoons of carrier oil with one drop of essential oil at a time. Some say less, some say more. I personally think most of that is pretty conservative. However, we're talking about children here. So being more conservative is wise. Today, we're not going to get into specific dilution recommendations. I do have a essential oil safety guide that is linked up in the show notes that will give you a minimum starting guide for this. You can dilute more, but minimum starting at these guidelines. And you can find that information in the show notes. It's important to dilute because children have thinner skin. They have smaller bodies, and so they're going to absorb quickly. So we want to slow that down with dilution. We want to protect the thinner skin and we want to reduce the risk of irritation. We want to reduce the risk of sensitization or allergic response. Now, when we're talking about young children, we really want to make sure that we're using the most gentle choice that we can. And so we recommend avoiding essential oils high in phenols, essential oils high in aldehydes, things like thyme, oregano, clove, cinnamon, cassia. These types of essential oils are irritating to the skin. There are so many other choices that we don't need to use those ones. We can find an alternative that is more gentle, that is safer option for kids. So you'll you'll read reports about essential oils causing burns. Absolutely. These essential oils high in phenols and aldehydes irritate the skin. They will cause the skin to go red. They will cause a hot, irritating burning sensation, your child will scream, the skin will be itchy, you will probably have contact dermatitis. That is why they must be heavily diluted. And for young kids, just avoid them, find a different option. You will also read online that I added essential oils to my bath and my kids started yelling and it was dangerous, it burned their skin. So water magnifies the effect of essential oils. So this will happen. So number one solution, especially don't use those oils high in phenols and aldehydes like oregano, thyme, cassia, cinnamon, clove, don't put those in the bath. Your girls will not enjoy the effect of burning oregano in their vagina in the bath. It's not a pleasant experience. Don't do it. (laughs) But also, these essential oils sit on the water. They do not mix with water. And so you're just going to have an irritating effect in general with many different types of essential oils. So when you're using essential oils in water, they need to be emulsified. And so we need to use a carrier oil to emulsify in the water. So 
If you're going to use essential oil in the bath, you must use it with a carrier oil as well. One easy way to do this is to use essential oil in salts. So I like to put my essential oil in the bath salts, add a little splash of carrier oil, mix it up, and then add that mixture to the bath. As well, a hot bath will increase circulation and will increase absorption of an essential oil. So less is more here. Another thing you will read is that essential oils are endocrine disruptors. And if you've ever seen, looked up lavender on the internet, you will read stories all over the place about lavender causing gynecomastia in boys, which is essentially that lavender will make boys grow boobs. The research that was done in this suggests that lavender has an estrogenic effect. This research has been widely critiqued. Scathing critiques have been published on this research. And there's many problems with this research, including that, and some of the new studies that have come out, including that it was never actually applied to a boy or caused gynecomastia in a boy. It is all theoretical evidence. The essential oil was sourced from a chemical company and was not an authentic oil, so it's not a true reflection. And there were other ingredients and tools used in that research that are known to modulate hormones. So we, there's no way to know for sure that it was that essential oil that did that because those ingredients modulate hormones. So the research has received critique. The amounts used and a normal usage are negligible. So especially when you consider the amount actually applied, one drop, and absorbed, which is 5% of that, it's negligible. So one other concern that's often discussed is ingesting essential oils. This is just a hot topic in general in the industry, and there's so many opposing opinions on it. There is an episode on this podcast about this topic, so you can go back and learn about that as well. One thing we have to discuss right up front and ask yourself is, have your children had candies? Have they had toothpaste? Have they had pop or soda, as we call it in other countries? Drank flavored water? Have they ingested herbs? Essential oils are in those products and you have already had essential oils. We go into greater detail in that episode, so go and listen to it, but your children have already had it. Also, many of the essential oils that we consume are things that are generally generally regarded as safe. Things like tangerine, orange, lemon, lime, black pepper, thyme, oregano, sage. These are things that we already consume on the regular. Yes, essential oils are much more potent than the herb itself, but they are generally safe to consume, especially in a drink or a beverage. And your children have already had them if if they've had a soda. One caveat here is that my recommendation to you is not to give your children essential oils as supplements. So in a capsule, you need to speak to a qualified professional before you're doing it, something like that. But to have it in food to flavor your spaghetti dish, this is not a concern. They've already consumed essential oils in food and beverage before. It's what the industry uses as as a flavoring agent. So some of the recommendations also differ around what age to use essential oils. Some experts say do not use under seven years. Some people say do not use under five. Some say not under three years old. Some say not under two. My view on this is that that's pretty conservative use. I generally recommend that We do not use essential oils on premature infants. This is because preemies have undeveloped skin. 
they have undeveloped lungs, they have undeveloped internal organs. And so they may not be able to metabolize the essential oil very well. They may not be able to, their skin may not be able to handle that essential oil, even if it's diluted. The exception to this is for light diffusion. So as long as you're not having that right in their lungs or in their face, because their lungs are undeveloped, it can have a positive impact on an in infant. And in, in fact, some NICUs actually use lavender essential oil, things like Roman chamomile in the NICU in order to promote some calming and relaxation for the parents as well as the premature babies. So for kids one to six, typically use gentle oils. Younger children are less likely to be able to handle some of the more aggressive, stronger essential oils. So we like to choose the more gentle option. The safety guide in the show notes has the minimum starting recommendations for dilution, so go check that out. Hydrosols are a really great option here, especially effective for skin application as well. Age one to six, we generally avoid those general toxic essential oils that even we don't use on adults. Things like mugwort, pennyroyal, wormwood, common tansy, thuja, and others. And we usually avoid the more riskier essential oils like rue, hyssop, birch, wintergreen, oak moss, and sage, among others, because they're just could be a little bit too much for kids. We usually diffuse or topically apply with carrier oil. And again, dose is important. So we're using a small amount of essential oil with a fair amount of carrier oil in order to protect the skin, slow down absorption, and make it safer use. We also recommend avoiding eucalyptus oils, so eucalyptus globulus, eucalyptus radiata, and mint oils like peppermint and spearmint, as well as essential oils like rosemary that might be high in 1-8-cineal. Avoid those on or near the face of children under 6. And this is because they can be overwhelming for the system, so we want to protect the lungs as well. If I need to use eucalyptus for a cough and cold situation, I will make sure to apply it to the lung area well diluted on the back. You can still get to the lungs without it being near the face. As well, good renal and hepatic health is to drink plenty of water. So essential oils are metabolized through the liver. Make sure you're drinking plenty of, keep your kids drinking plenty of water in order to keep that healthy. So age 7 to 11, then we start to introduce some of the other oils like the thyme, clove, cinnamon, cassia, oregano, these essential oils that are a little bit more irritating. We might start to introduce them while they're diluted well for applications that make sense. So not just because, but in situations where it calls for those essential oils. We would still consider the type of skin here though. If there's sensitive skin, they still need to be diluted well. We're still considering the dose here. One to two drops is lots. We might use a lower amount of carrier oil, but we're still considering the dose. We're also considering the health states for the riskier oils. So if they have a bleeding disorder or they're about to have surgery, then we would consider not using birch and wintergreen, for example, or if they have epilepsy, then we would avoid those essential oils that are contraindicated for that. It's the same for general use. You're going to consider the health state. We're going to avoid the generally toxic essential oils, mugwort, pennyroyal, wormwood, common tansy, thuja. These types of essential oils that we don't use for adults, we're not going to use them for kids. Now, when you get to age 12, and up, then we usually start to consider adult use here. So the carrier oil might, might amount might change. So we might have less carrier oil. 
we're still going to observe relevant precautions. We're still going to dilute. We're still going to consider the dose one to two drops at a time. That's plenty. And we're still going to consider the health state. So all of these are still going to be general considerations. But as the child reaches age 12, they might be able to handle an adult usage. So there are some considerations for children. And we definitely want to be more conservative when we think about using essential oils for kids. Their systems are smaller, their systems are more sensitive, their bodies are smaller. We don't want to overwhelm them, and that is wise. But not everything you have read or heard is true. And so one truth that we know for sure is that normal, judicious use of essential oils on kids is safe. All right, beautiful people, thank you so much for listening today. If you feel so inclined, please subscribe, rate, and review this show. For show notes and more information on essential oils, please visit livelovelemon.com forward slash podcast. And we'd love to know what you're up to and how you're using your essential oils. So head over to Instagram and find us at the Aromatherapist Podcast. My name is Cheryl Witten, and I am your aromatherapist. We have to share with you this obligatory disclaimer. Information in this podcast is for educational purposes only. It is not a replacement for medical advice or for professional aromatherapy consultation. If you need medical care, please visit your physician. Speak to your primary care provider, pharmacist, and a qualified aromatherapist before commencing any programs.